Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Happy to be with you guys on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Uh, I have so much to get to. I mean, I, I have just ample, ample stuff, uh, ample content to go over with you today. The Big Ten is the gift that keeps on giving and boy, did we have a gift yesterday. How much fun was yesterday in the Big Ten? Now, you might say, well, hey, Tyler, you know what? If I'm an Ohio State fan, a Northwestern fan, uh, and so on and so forth, it wasn't that great. But I'm going to tell you guys, it was a lot of fun for us that, uh, you know, follow the sport. I loved yesterday. I love Friday as well. Uh, obviously, with, with Nebraska over the upset, calling that one, felt pretty good about that. Well, felt good about the, 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 the line. We weren't going to give up uh, that much, uh, that many points to Iowa. It was 10 and a half, so we feel good about that. Going to Saturday, uh, first time that I've watched the Ohio State-Michigan game uh, since 2019 with my father. I uh, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving. He actually came down to my house uh, and it was the first time we were able to watch that together, he being a very big Michigan fan. It was a lot of fun for him, a lot of fun to, to, to be with a Michigan fan during that time. Uh, and and so a great Thanksgiving weekend uh, with with a lot of stuff to get to. So we're today is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I do know there have been two head coaching hires. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to that or if we're going to kind of save that. Uh, we might talk more so about Nebraska. There's been some chatter, some tittle tattle um, on the that their Twitter and along the internet across multiple sources as far as the Wisconsin job. We might jump into the Nebraska job. Uh, we want to go over uh, really the the game. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and then we'll go over where we were right, where we were wrong, and probably send it off uh, looking forward to the Big Ten uh, Championship. I- excited to, to cover that and to go over that with, with everyone. So let's jump into it. Uh, obviously, the biggest game of the week uh, was the Ohio State-Michigan game, and I and I wanted to share my thoughts on that with you. So as I've stated, uh, you know, my dad, very big Michigan fan, grew up a Michigan fan. We've, we watched every single game. I know I've told this story on the podcast before, but I actually had a, uh, a, a football game. I was little enough. Um, I had my own little peewee football game uh, the day that Michigan played uh, Appalachian State. And we had it recorded. And for those of you out there that remember, you used to have to get like a tape, this big old like VHS, I think is what it was called. And you had to time it right. Um, We had it set to start recording the Michigan game, uh, Michigan Appalachian State game. And uh, then we went to the we went to my my, uh, little peewee football game and my dad was coaching me. And everyone kept on going up to my dad and being like, oh, hey, you know, I heard about the news. And my dad was like, no, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Like, I want to go home and watch the game. And what we'd do is we'd rewind the tape. Uh, yeah, like crazy, crazy technology, right? Rewind it, and then we started watching it. So I remember when Michigan lost to Appalachian State, where I was, uh, you know, even uh, even to where we played that little peewee football game. But anyway, so grew up. That was kind of how Saturdays went in, in our household. Uh, we'd wake up early morning we would you know do the lawn care we'd be playing sports football ourselves uh and then usually towards the night we'd be watching the michigan game just depending on when we were playing and stuff so um 
and, and and so growing up, it was always, you know, he, he always said Ohio State is a bad word. We call him Ohio in the house. So, uh, I, I, you know, being around a Michigan fan like that makes it even more better. And, and being able to watch it for the first time with him since, uh, you know, really since 2019 was, was a lot of fun. And, you know, watching that game, there were a few things that pain, became apparent with Ohio State and uh, with Michigan. Uh, the first, I did say on the podcast last, uh, last week, I said, if Ohio State gets up, I don't know if Michigan has a second punch. Michigan's really good when they get ahead or, or it's close. You know, it's, it's, it's within striking distance. And when it was 10 to 3, I was like, okay, Ohio State, you go down the field, you score again and make it 17 to 3. I don't know if Michigan can come back from that. I haven't seen it all year. I they they for the most part have been in the games. Yeah, they've been losing, but they've been they've been in the games. They need one stop to flip it. That sort of thing. And I didn't think Michigan was capable of that. I thought Ohio State's offense was was better than that. They were going to get out. They were going to to push the ball down the field. And the first quarter was all Ohio State. It, it really was. They they looked great. They looked like they were on time. And once when they got off script, and I don't want to want to hammer the the players because I do think part of this was a scheme theory. But once when they got off script, it just felt like. It, it, very bland, very basic. Uh, it was, you know, run, throw to the flat. Nothing really throwing down the field against Michigan. And maybe that's a credit to their secondary. Obviously, watching it on TV, you don't always see, uh, you know, the nuances of, of what the, 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 you know, the certain, a certain coverage might look like, etc. right? Uh, but it just felt like Ohio State stopped being Ohio State. And then, you know, we go into halftime. Michigan, for the first time in the entire, the entire year, proves that they can, they can hang, and they hit a couple of absolute bombs, right? Just deep bombs. And I was like, this is the only thing that Michigan's, that, that's, keeping, that's keeping Michigan in this game are these deep, you know, one pass out to the flat that hit down the side, the the post that hit across the, the middle of the field. I'm like, that's the only reason why they've been anywhere near uh, this game. So at halftime, I'm thinking, okay, it's 20 to 17. Ohio State's on top at home. Now, Michigan is going to receive the ball. We understand that. So they were going to go down. They go down and score, right? And so uh, it becomes, what was it, 24-20. And it sat there for a while. And when Michigan went on that drive, and they, they just kind of took it to them. They took, what, six, seven minutes off the clock to finish off the third quarter. And then they were able to score, uh, continue to milk that clock. Then they were able to go up ahead. Ohio State responds, was able to move the ball down. Then they kick a field goal, which uh, understandably at that point, I think you do. You're playing field position. And it really felt like there was no second punch from Ohio State. They didn't really have that second gear. And I think it, this one, and I know a lot of people are saying it, this one's going to come back on coaching. And we're in the fifth year of Ryan Day, fifth iteration. Um, I mean, semi, right? He, he was the interim coach uh, in, 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 what, 2018, I think, for a little bit. 2019, 2020, 2021, 2020 we can kind of throw out. But for the most part, we'll say four, 
you know, four years in the helm. Um, this is his fourth year. These are his kids. He recruited them, maybe a few little leftover from Urban, and it just doesn't feel like they're coached with grit. They're not. They're coached to be told that they are the greatest kids in the world, that they are going to, to win every single game. They acted entitled. Did you notice something? That Michigan didn't get one personal foul call. Now, I'm not saying that Michigan wasn't what wasn't you know talking mad ish or 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 you know John back and forth, but for me to see that Ohio State doesn't get a 15 yard penalty until they're down, and then they get more 15 yard penalties, that comes back to coaching, that comes back to discipline. Right now, Harbaugh just owns Ryan Day. Really, I mean, I mean, really, truly, honestly, yeah. In 2018 or in 2019, he got him. 2018, they got him. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, you, you can count those. 2020 didn't play. But ever since it was Ryan Day's kids, it just wasn't there. And I think Ohio State has to reevaluate themselves. You realize that Michigan is not slowing down. They continue to pump out very deep, very strong draft classes. Kids that are coached with grit. We talked about at the beginning of the season that Michigan was going to could have trouble with the two offensive off uh, offensive coordinator system. Like we didn't know what that was. We were we had concerns about it, and they've all figured it out. It was in the crucible of the Maryland game. It was in the crucible of the Penn State game. It was in the crucible of Rutgers where they had to respond at halftime. It was in the crucible of coming back and beating Illinois. Ohio State really hasn't been challenged. And and you can say, well, you know, Michigan, uh, maybe it's just, you know, they were just that much better. But Ohio State hadn't had to respond, didn't have that grit. And it is truly a travesty for for the players that the coaches aren't really, I don't know, the coaches let them down in this game. I would say the scheme, like I said, the scheme was just, very vanilla at halftime. I thought they were going to come out, come out flying all over the field. They they were controlled more by emotions. So I've got major, major questions here for Ohio State. Uh, not that you need to fire Ryan Day. A lot of people are saying that. I'm not saying that. I, I don't think you fire someone just after, you know, yeah, they've lost to Michigan, and I understand people have been fired at Ohio State for that. But I don't think you fire him for this. I, I do think he's a good coach. But he's got to get in the grit. He's got to maybe find a better defensive coordinator. He's got to get his culture better. Something has to change within this coaching staff. And it needs to be communicated clearly to the, the players because they're out there making the plays. Right now, I don't think they're going to make the playoff. We talked about it at length this year. What happens if they do? What happens, you know, if if uh, you know Michigan were to win? If it was close, really after that performance, I don't think they deserve to be there. I feel like Georgia, Michigan, and TCU are locks to make the playoff. Now we have that fourth place kind of bugaboo. I don't think Ohio State would go up. Maybe they could, but after that performance, that was ugly. It was not a good performance. It was not a good look by the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, uh, and and really, I mean, you even look when a team plays physical against them, even the University of Utah in the Rose Bowl last year, 48-45, they had to come back. It was like, I don't know. It just, that kind of seems to be the tail of the tape. They're front runners. They want to do that. And they're not worried about getting down and getting dirty. 
those are my thoughts in the Ohio State-Michigan game. It came down to execution. We talked about it on third downs. It came back to the grit. Uh, I was very impressed with J.J. McCarthy, and I think that he really proved the doubters wrong. I, I, I had my doubts. I liked Cade McNamara. I thought that he was a, the game manager. He wasn't going to, to make the big mistakes. Uh, but I think that J.J. McCarthy brought a certain level of, of, of dog, of instinct to that game. And he was able to, to, to come out on top. Very interesting for the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, most 99%, I'd say that they're a lock uh, into the college football playoff. They'll be going up against Purdue at uh, the the uh, in the Big Ten Championship next week. Uh, definitely would be insane if we had the spoiler makers. Don't think they're going to do it, but the spoiler makers spoil the Michigan Wolverines. But I think they're they're in no matter what. They have arguably the best win uh, in college football right now over over their number two team. Uh, Tennessee, obviously, great win over Alabama. Um, interesting to see what will happen uh, in the in the in the events going forward. So uh, just just a couple other things kind of going around, uh, jumping around the league. Obviously, Michigan State falls to five and seven. Absolutely embarrassing uh, season. I, I'm not going to hold my punches here. Uh, Mel Tucker, that was that was an embarrassment. And uh, after going eleven and two to follow it up with a season you can't even make a bowl game uh, losing to Indiana in double overtime losing to Maryland, Minnesota Washington, uh, playing just absolutely uh, lethargic on offense, having a, a, you know seven players get have assault charges filed against uh, them, just in, in, an embarrassment of a season for the Spartans I think them and Nebraska arguably had the worst seasons uh, out of everybody and that's including Northwestern uh, that uh, there were, I think there were expectations at Michigan State, that was that was embarrassing. Uh, I hope Sparty gets back on track. I I, I really do. Uh, the sport is better when the four in the Big Ten East are humming. They, they're, they're beating each other, beating each other up. Uh, that was an embarrassment. I, I Like I said, I hope they bounce back. Uh, they had a they had a lot of returners on on um, on defense, not as many on offense. Uh, maybe they can they can get a couple within the transfer portal to. Uh, you know, kind of uh, mitigate some of the, the holes that they have, uh, you know, establish a run game. But right now you're basically living off of uh, Mark Antonio and uh, uh, off of his reputation. And if you don't start winning, I, I don't I don't expect him to to be there very long. Uh, if you don't if you don't turn this boat around, uh, we'll see what their their schedule goes back in the in the off season. Uh, but for the most part, you know, interesting. Uh, Maryland was was what I expected Michigan State to be. Uh, they were able to get the win, going to seven to five. They're feeling pretty good about life. Uh, obviously, the biggest one that we we love. Uh, I guess the the only other downside. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, just we'll go negative just a little bit. I don't like to, but um, Iowa obviously another very black. Uh, you know, black eye of the, of the Big Ten, uh, an embarrassment again of of sorts. Um, seven and five with losses to Iowa State, Michigan, Illinois, uh, Ohio State, and Nebraska. Basically, any big team they played, they lost. Uh, their offense is is even worse than what Michigan State was. Their offense was like molasses; it was boring. And I understand playing a certain style of football, but it makes more it makes sense to get uh, better athletes. I don't know what you've got to do. I'm not saying again. I'm not saying I don't want anyone to think 
think that I would ever think that they're fired. Again, I don't like that. Go into the lab, uh, recreate it, but just just an embarrassment of a season for Iowa as well. I know it's seven and five, but uh, you know last year ten and four, a uh, year before two six and two, the year before that ten and three, nine and four, eight and five, eight and five. And I understand they could get to eight wins um, in the regular season, but this hasn't been as bad since the uh, 2014 season. We'll see what happens in the bowl game. Uh, not confident at all after watching that that performance at home against Nebraska. And then we'll jump to the good side of things. For the most part, Illinois, I mean, we, we called at the beginning of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they had got going. Uh, they control their own destiny, and, and they do what teams that haven't been there uh, did. And they lost the games they should have won. They should have beat Sparty. They should have beat Purdue. Uh, if the, Even if they don't beat Michigan, um, it really, when, you, when it boils down to it, they had one drive against Indiana that was bad. They had one. Um, uh, Michigan State was kind of a goofy game. We'll throw that one out. They had one drive against Purdue where they had like, I swear it was like 85 yards of, of, of offensive penalties. And then um, one drive against Michigan. You're three drives away from basically being 11-1. and one. I think that, uh, you know, Brett Bielema is on the right track. I think he's going to coach them up. Um, I think he's taking away the kids that would normally be going to Northwestern in Illinois. I think they're going to Illinois now. Uh, they're going to the University of Illinois instead of Northwestern. I think he's he's going to, to cause some problems for Purdue, for Indiana, uh, in that kind of footprint as, you know, get those uh, f- lower four-star, higher three-star athlete kind of guys. Uh, and and for the most part, it's been, I was very impressed with Illinois. Uh, Purdue played well. I thought... Um, I thought they would be a little bit better. I think I had them at nine and three, but they did make the Big Ten championship. That is obviously a big feat uh, for them, and and to continue to build on it. Uh, Minnesota also a, a, a good season as well. So uh, let's jump into right and wrong real quick, and we'll kind of wrap it up with our thoughts on the Nebraska coaching hire. So uh, here we go. So last week uh, we had we went on uh, the spread. We went four two and one. It was a push. I want to give us the win. I don't really know what to do with pushes. I guess everybody gets their money back. It was right at nineteen points. Uh, the Michigan State uh, Penn State game, uh, but for the most part, we we felt pretty good about. So for the season, it brought our, our, our total up. We'll count the push as a win just because we can. I don't. I want to have that, that even percentage. Uh, 50, 42, 50 and 42 as far as the spread goes. It's around 55%, which was good. We were happy with that. We wanted to be above 50. We were hoping to be tickling that 60. Uh, the last couple weeks have kind of messed it up. We were really good in the beginning to mid-season. Like I said, this November has been absolutely bonkers in the big. 10 but we were we were on the positive side what i didn't want was to be 47 46 uh 50 uh 54 55 right in that that range uh felt great uh, as far as our winning percentage again if you're above 50 you're, you're making money um if you're if you're around between 55 and 60 you're you're sharp you're getting those bets so we're trying to to make you guys a little bit of money for those of you who are into the sport gambling side as far as the outright wins of course as always we always give out uh just outright wins hey if you want to take it take Take it on the money line. Walk away. Make a couple bucks. Uh, we we went five and two last week. Seventy six and twenty for the season. So we were right on Nebraska plus ten and a half. Maryland minus fourteen outright win. Uh, Michigan plus eight and a half outright win. Purdue outright win. Penn State right push minus nineteen. 
money line uh, or the the outright win and then Illinois uh, minus 11 and a half with the outright win where we were wrong was Iowa uh, on the the money line we or the, the outright win we thought that they would win Purdue minus 10 and a half I thought it'd be a little bit closer looked like it for uh, for the most part we thought hey they were going to they were going to take care of, of business there uh, and then uh, Wisconsin we were just dead wrong we thought that they were going to win and so we feel pretty good about that as far as our betting show goes. Uh, we do those every Thursday. Um, I have had a lot of questions. We're, we're going to get into it. We'll, we'll talk about the Nebraska uh, open hire. For those of you who are unaware, uh, they did hire Matt Rule. This will be instant reaction. We'll be going more in-depth uh, as far as... Uh, you know what it means uh, building wise are they you know what are they going to look like going forward so on and so forth uh we we'll, we'll really break that down most likely on the next podcast once when we know who has for sure if if, if luke fickle is going to be taking over the wisconsin job but uh, on on its face uh, nebraska needed to bring in somebody that is a culture builder uh, number one, I think an offensive mind, number two. And number three, um, a big enough hire that would get the fan base excited. Uh, I had actually written down, and I've been preparing all year, uh, once when uh, the, the the news broke that uh, you know Scott Frost was going to be uh, let go, I had written down Dan Mullen. Uh, that was the former coach of Florida. I had written down a huge freeze. That was the uh, coming out of Liberty. I had written down uh, Matt Rule as well. I had heard. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, so I had heard that his name was on the hot seat in Carolina, and I thought that the the the, the Nebraska job had to be had to be exciting enough for for the fans like i said to wrap their arms around nebraska has been abysmal the the last decade uh i have grown up with nebraska never really being that good um you know being in gen z and everything never really being as good as you know the 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 80s that everyone talks about there the 90s when when nebraska in its heyday Uh, my dad talks about nebraska a lot and, and i'm like i just don't see that in this program and they needed to bring that to to bring a little bit of spice back into the into the into the life of the program and Scott Frost was not the guy. Um, I think that Matt Rule, I definitely think it helps him uh, coming in, having having built up uh, uh, Temple, having built up Baylor. I believe he was the first coach after the Art Bryles uh, incident, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so so he knows what it's like, what it takes to, to build a program. Uh, and he... Yes, I, I just looked it up. There was an interim coach in 2016. He was the next full coach uh, after the after Art Bryles. So in 2015, he came in in 2017 with the interim coach in 2016. Uh, I believe that, that news had broke during the offseason, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I, he, he's used to building it. Now, do I think that Nebraska is going to go win the Big Ten Championship next year? No, I don't. Should they make the playoffs? Hopefully in four or five years. This is this is a complete and total rebuild. This right now, Nebraska and the Wisconsin job, the Nebraska job is the hardest job I think out there right now. I think it's intriguing. I think if you're able to build it up, people are going to love you. I think you're going to be beloved by the people in Lincoln, Nebraska, and really the country. I mean, uh, people want Nebraska to be good, and uh, they haven't been to a bowl game since 2016. So I think, honestly, expectations, if you're a Nebraska fan out there, keep them low. Keep them low. Do not psych yourself out of, uh, you know, we're going to go be in the top 25. We're going to be in the top 15. We're going to be in the top 10, top 5. No. 
I think expectation is, is a major, major key. Now, in both of his stops, he did tear it to the studs. I mean, we're talking total, total rebuild. We're, we're like all the way down. Um, very, very bad. His first season at Temple, 2-10. and 10, And they went 4-7 and seven the year before. Then they went 6-6, 10-4, 10-4. Six and six, and four, ten and four. Then, and that was uh, his last year was in 2016. Uh, as aforementioned, uh, the Baylor job, he went uh, one and eleven, seven and six, eleven and three. You've got to give this guy a couple of years. If he can maintain what they did, four and eight, five and seven, I think that's more than doable, especially on this side of the conference. I think you can get, uh, you know, those 50-50 games if you're able to win half of the 50-50 games, which Nebraska has not been able to do. I think uh, they're that. Uh, they're going to be able to make some noise. Uh, right now with, with Iowa, I don't think Iowa's playing particularly well. Neither is Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota obviously showed they're incapable of taking that going forward. Uh, Purdue kind of headed it up. Illinois, I still think, is too young. So there really is this vacuum. So I think you're able to build going forward. I like the hire. I think it is an, an 8 out of 10 if I was to, to grade it. Uh, but again, he's going to have to go down to the total studs we are destroying everything we're gonna have to build a whole new foundation and uh like i said if you can get to uh i think five and seven to six and six next year should be where he is at and as as nebraska fans you shouldn't expect any more or any less of him so there's that like i said uh luke fickle kind of his name's being tossed around uh the the board of regents are meeting uh later this afternoon as, as i'm recording this podcast to talk about uh the the university of, of wisconsin job uh uh, and uh, Luke Fickle moving into that that position there, uh, and we'll obviously go. We'll probably go more in depth, uh, just just introducing you to them. Uh, whereas where where you might not be as familiar with them, uh, where Matt Rule's been in the NFL, maybe you guys don't follow Cincinnati as much. Um, but we'll get into that, and uh, we'll talk about some some other things going forward. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you back here on Thursday.